in the second-hand set of dimensions, on an astral plane that was never meant to fly, through wavering star mists, see the Greater Tuin. Drifting onwards through space, atop the shell of the world's turtle, are four giant elephants, upon whose broad shoulders rests the Discworld. Welcome to Dining Table Discworld. We're reading through the Discworld novels and discussing them at our dining table. Be aware there will be spoilers for the current book and others in the series. Hello, welcome to Dining Table Discworld. I'm Dave. I'm Kathy. And today we're talking about The Light Fantastic by Terry Pratchett, the second of the Discworld novels, and it was published in 1986. So, Kathy, what's the synopsis? Rincewind is a rubbish wizard with a powerful spell stuck in his head. He was last seen having fallen off the edge of the disc, along with Two Flower, a very amiable tourist, and the luggage, a magical and belligerent travelling chest. Literally by magic, all three are returned to the disc early in the story. On their continued travels, they meet up with Cohen the Barbarian, the disc's greatest hero, now somewhat geriatric and missing his teeth, and Bethan, a sensible young woman who was rescued from being sacrificed. The wizards of the Unseen University are trying to get the spell in Rincewind's head, whilst dealing with internal power struggles of their own. Meanwhile, a red star has appeared in the sky, and World Turtle Greater Tuin is zooming right at it. So the characters are dealing with their own adventures, they're increasingly aware of a world-ending problem drawing ever closer and making things hotter, and then suddenly there's fascism, which makes the book feel terribly relevant for what's happening now in the year 2023. Okay, so, your initial impressions? <laughs> um, horrifyingly relevant, as it <laughs> turned out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we do talk about Pratchett's general, you know, riffing on social things and current events and things. We didn't didn't quite expect him to be quite this forward thinking. No, I, I don't think he wanted it either. No. Um, this one, I, I sort of didn't remember bits so well, but I sort of remembered the overall theme of it. Um, or kind of, I guess, the overall plot, but not so many specific little bits. But yeah, I definitely liked it more than, than Colour of Magic. I mean, he's improved, I think, uh, as a writer, that the characters have improved. There's a better cast of, you know, secondary characters. And yeah, it's better. You can see he's trying to pull things together more. And I think there's a lot of things that, well, they may have cropped up in the first book, are refined, and then more things being introduced that will go go on. It, I mean, it's not as pastiche Like, there are references, but it doesn't yeah. feel like he's just taking the mick out of a load of specific things. No. Or at least it's not that's not most of the book. No. I mean for, for me, I I this this obviously is the first Discworld novel. The the first one was a Discworld short stories put into a collection. I think I think it's four novellas. Yeah, yeah, you know, this this is the first Discworld story. This is the first one that feels like what we ex- what going forward we're going to expect. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately you can't tell people just to start with this book because it, may, it would make absolutely no sense. Um, well, I know. I, I, you, I think setting up Rincewind and Two Flower in the first book means yeah. that you've you kind of either either that or you have to explain them as characters. Yeah, I think I suppose both the TV version and the graphic novel put them both together, and there's a lot of the first book you can strip out besides the character bits. I, I think yeah. I mean, I think you could easily come back to these books and yeah, inter- interleave them a bit more, take out some of the stuff. I mean. I don't know how much of, of Colour of Magic would... Some of it would be obviously left, because obviously they need to be able to fall off the end. 
fall off the edge. I suppose depends how you do it. But anyway, yeah. so so yes, I mean, but this this is the first the first one where I think you're you're definitely looking. He's he's finding his voice and actually made a novel with mm-hmm. a start, a middle, and an end. Even if the start is the end of the last book. Well, it starts sort of with a Deus Ex Machina, which is obviously normally at the end. So yes. that's it's like magic just fix the <laughs> literal cliffhanger. And now on with the adventure, I, which, which, in fairness, some Doctor Who episodes have done. That's so. fair. I mean, I do, I do wonder how much he got. He got to, to sort of writing the second book and going. <laughs> I, I kind of get the impression he said the first one did well, and then he was like, "Oh, now I have to write something with that." And so. then it's like, right, what should we do? Our wizard done it. Well, in this case, in this case, the great magic book did it. But yes. um... <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. So thoughts, thoughts. I have various ones. Like I said before, the characters are improved. Two favorites were not introduced, but the the secondary characters there's a better cast of them because before it was just like there mm. are various barbarian hero people who come and go. Whereas yes. in this, you quite definitely you've got Cohen the barbarian who I think is foreshadowed slightly before he actually turns up. In the he's, kind, he's, he's mentioned in um, he, Color of Magic. Oh, yeah, like his name's mentioned, but they yeah. mentioned so many barbarians. Yeah, and because Two Fowl wants to, you know. Yeah, meet him and, and things. So, but that whole thing just seems to be stuffed with like heroic figures. Yes, and I don't think yeah. he's in it. I think he's just. Mentioned. I don't know. He's just mentioned. Yeah, no, I think he's actually mentioned about what he's doing at the time. Is he? Yeah, I think briefly. It's uh, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, sure. that's yeah. And then you've got uh, Bethan, who's actually a rounded female character who I think is dressed reasonably modestly at the start. Well, I mean, she's a sacrifice, so a yeah. druid, druidic sacrifice. sacrifice. So yeah. long robes are the more the thing there. And then also you get the introduction of trolls and dwarves. Because in the first book you had kind of like, I guess, urban trolls. You know, the ones that are just like, these are the heavies for the like organised crime people or guilds, which I guess six of one, half a dozen of the other. In this you have the more like rural trolls ones, like mountainy. Yes. So they're a bit different to the kind of more pork ones, but it does kind of increase, I guess, troll lore. And you also have a character who's a dwarf. Yes. Um, who who shows up. And it's only there a bit, but is definitely you know, part of it. Because the dwarf, the women named dwarves in Colour of Magic, um, and obviously they're quite big in certain like, the pork sections later, the the humour felt, like we said, it's not just references, it felt better, but there were yeah. some actually quite funny uh, but ridiculous puns. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't, they weren't quite as laboured as the insurance no. gag. From but, Colour of Magic. But like, when when the wizards are in the wood with the talking trees, and they're all ignoring the talking trees, and then there's a bit where it's like, oh, a voice came from above them, it had Tombra, which, better written down, but that's like Timber, but with the last two letters the other way around. I found that quite funny. And what was the other one? Oh, when Two Flower touches the wall of the cottage gingerly. Oh, yes, And then yes, it's yes. a gingerbread cottage. cottage. So yeah, so you're like, oh, okay. But it's kind of more the humour you expect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously, you know, he was using, you know, classic things like like a witch's gingerbread cottage, mm. uh, magically sustained, which, you know, lovely, you know, useful if you're lost in the forest and need a snack and the witch is out. Yeah. Oh, there's also some on- ongoing jokes. So, oh, there's a thing about Oblong and Eldritch, which I remember cropped up before, but forgotten was from this book and was mm. about the luggage. Yeah. Because I know later he'll just call back to that. But yeah, I think I think the humour is definitely definitely getting stronger for, mm. for you know, and it's, as I say, it's not just it's it's humour for the world rather than expecting you to know what this reference is to to other you know to something else you may have read. Yes, or may not have read given our given our ages. Yes, 
So, um, what do we think of Cohan the Barbarian? Because obviously this is this is is it Cohen? Cohen the Barbarian. Yeah. I was. It's obviously not Conan's. You know. That's that's the point. It's Cohen, like the surname. I mean, yeah, yeah. So he's obviously you know riffing off Conan the Barbarian. Except, what does what is a barbarian, a marauding barbarian, when he gets old? Genghis Khan. We already have that. Okay, older than Genghis Khan. I don't. I think Genghis Khan was pretty old. Was it Genghis Khan? I'm thinking. Was it Till the Hun? One of those. Oh, Sorry. But, 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 a, a marauding barbarian that what? isn't in charge of a country. Yeah, yeah. So it, one who isn't like a horse yeah. lord or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's the thing because they're really excited. Oh, you know, Conan the Barbarian, and then Winston was like, "Oh, I remember my grandfather saying," and then it's like, "Yes, if your grandfather said what he was doing, then how old is the guy now?" So it's yeah. very much like, yeah, this guy's been living this very difficult life, but he's done well and done it for a long time. But then he is obviously very geriatric, but still trying to act as he was. It's interesting because it's. Well, it's the only life he knows, I think, yeah. is the thing. It's, it's, He's never it's, had a retirement plan. Clearly. No, um, obviously not, you know. But, you know, he, he's, you know, this is a, this is a guy who, you know, is, is extremely old, no teeth, has to in, eat soup, doesn't really like soup. It's where you start getting the lisping. So Pratchett, yes. obviously it'll be a thing with later characters a lot, but Pratchett writes the 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 lisp in yeah, so the like, yeah yeah but he doesn't do it for every s i noticed it's it's a bit hit and miss yeah. i don't know if that's how that works when you're i have no teeth. idea i i don't <laughs> i have all my teeth currently so um but yeah I, I think you know i think he works as a character for you know and a take on the, the the basically you know barbarians even the best ones you preview, presume ever you know at some point die in you know i think i think there's elements like he's He's been successful enough to not die, but he's not been so successful he's actually, like, become a warlord with a gang. I know that comes up in later Discord stuff. But he, he's he's not, as you say, he's not ruling a country. He's no. not, you know, got his own castle or anything. He's obviously still on the road. So it's an element of, like, he's found his niche and he's not been able to get higher, but well, he's still alive. To? Well... It's not super clear, is it? No, I think in this, I mean, he does, as we alluded to, he does, he does turn up in a, in a later, later couple of books. And you know, but I think in this, you kind of he's just you don't really know whether back home he's got a he got a vault full of gold and he just likes doing this. I didn't feel like there was a back home. I feel like he's always traveling. Yeah, I'm just I'm just we don't you know. I mean, what has he done with all his wealth that he is? Well, presumably he's stolen a lot of wealth, and then yeah, I can't remember if he specifically says what happens, but yeah, but it's it's interesting because I think you needed to have a character who was. So obviously Rincewind's quite cowardly, but as he runs away from things, he runs into other stuff. Two Flowers just like this amiable, naive guy. So you need somebody who's got, I think, a bit more savvy, but also a bit more bravery. Yeah. But then his own thing is that, you know, I think he's like he's fine that he needs help physically with stuff. Yeah. It's just the teeth thing bothers him, which just makes me think of all those adverts for like dental work yeah. they have on the radio. But yeah, that that's the thing that, that bothers him. Like no one sort of refers to it because it's obviously a bit of a, a sore point, even though he's lisping and can't chew. But then he says of of two flower. It's interesting. What's it? He says, "Oh, two flower can see for fifty years." Because two flower, as soon as he knows he's Cohen the Barbarian, it's like, "Oh, it's Cohen." He doesn't think, "Oh, it's this yeah. sort of rangy old guy." Although he obviously notices the teeth. He's just like, "Wow, he's just starstruck." Whereas Rincewind's a bit like, "Oh yeah, I see what's happened." We're going to talk about Bethan. So they actually introduce a female character who's fairly well-rounded, although obviously there's a very strong, like, May to December or May to the following sort of February 
thing going on with her and Cohen. Yeah. Because she's 17, he's like 80-something. Yes. So that's a bit... And again, I think it's part of the joke that Cohen's living as he always did, so he rescues a maiden. And... Yeah. But I, th- I think I think Beth and... It, it, because, you know, because she's able to, to do kind of basic chiropractic on him to sort out his bad back. and Which well, does sort it, of seem to be nursing him, which made me, it felt and, kind and, of Catherine Parrish. Not that Catherine Parr actually did that with Henry VIII, but that's the but, yeah, but she seemed, reputation. I, I think the thing is, for, 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 for Beth as a character, you know, she she basically is a virgin sacrifice. And that, that was her, and up until the point she got saved, that was her entire... She was going to be a virgin sacrifice. She was going to go with the be with the moon goddess. Yes, um, and so so obviously once she got rescued, she suddenly didn't have didn't much have a plan. Of, no, no, and I don't think she's she's doing it. She's she's sort of nursemaiding Cohen because she's grateful. I think it's just that she she does seem to have she seems very practical. So there is an element of her being a bit like you know like he's hurting and he actually I think he asks her to get his liniment a couple yeah. of times and then he's having trouble so she just kind of does it. So I think. And perhaps she does write a lot of practical women. I think there's an element of her just like, oh, right, well, you know, he, he's rescued me and he needs help with this. So I'm just going to help and I'm going to yeah. do this. But then later when they're in the town with all the creepy, like, basically anti-magic fascist people, you know, she, mm. she's the one who's kind of like noticing what's happened, trying to organise things to an extent. Mm. Yeah, it just I think it feels a bit uncomfortable, the age difference, but I think it's kind of more part of a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, but, I think, yeah. to be honest, it's it's all, but it's not... Again, it's 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 ages since far as she's she's chosen to do that. It's, well, yeah, but it? as you say, she was only yeah. ever going to do one thing. It's not like she's been given right now. We've rescued you. You have a whole range of opportunities. She yeah. just kind of falls in with them because where else is she going to go? So yeah, she has more agency in that she's not been sacrificed, and she, and she does build up her own agency and becomes more of an equal member of the group and is doing things herself. But it's not really clear where else she would even go. Her own society yeah, were going no. to sacrifice her. So there, I think there's an element of like that which isn't really explored. Although, again, I do want to go back to talking about female characters a little bit because, as well as Bethan, we also have, I think it's Herena, who's the other female character or main female character in the book. I will say the crowd scenes have gotten better too because, with the sort of scary fascist people, there do seem to be some women in the crowd as well as men. Yeah. Whereas in Color of Magic, it wasn't quite clear, you know. If, if anyone in the background was was a woman. Herena is basically a, a, a swordswoman who... The way I'm going to describe it, because this is this is how she she's sort of introduced to somebody who's hunting down Rincewind and the spell on his head. She was too big to be a thief, too honest to be an assassin, too intelligent to be a wife, and too proud to enter the only other female profession generally available. Which I think is interesting, because it's sort of like saying, these are the options for ladies here. Yes, it's... Uh... I guess it's part of the joke, but it's a bit like, if you look at Bethan, which of these... The whole thing with her, I, I get the impression, again, she's kind of like a barbarian type, so she's quite big, but she, again, has an element of practicality. There is also a thing where it's well, a bit... Brilliant of Tarth, you know. Oh, yeah. Game, game of Thrones, she's, she, you know, that's... Yeah. Except more... Well, she... Less knightly, more mercenary. Well, well, yeah, but she's clearly a freelancer, so she's been stuck with these guys who she yeah. knows are a bit dodgy, but she's clearly smart. Well, obviously, less, less in full, full plate mail and more well, in. N- no, well, no. This she's... is the point, no. Okay. Because it makes a joke about, at this point, the author turns to the cover artist, and there's some sort of joke about, oh, you know, scanty clad ladies. Like, but actually, she was dressed quite practically, which is interesting because on the cover of the book, that is, in fact, like the joke is kind of undercut by the cover of this oh, book. What, 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 what was I saying? 
I, I thought she was she was not in more less knightly stuff, but more chainmail, leather jerky. Not not the not the sexy stuff. No, yeah. no, 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 that was not. No, sorry, that was not what I was. Oh, uh, so yeah. No, no, it was it was more it was more your your sort of less less full plate and knightly look. Yes. It's more your your chain shirt, your leather jerkin. Your, uh, your it your, does say, but it, it your reasonable cloak. Yeah, it, it basically sounds like she is covered up and wearing something practical. But the fact is, there's a joke in there, which is obviously making a joke on a lot of fancy art about how yes. oh, lady barbarian warrior type she'll be dressed oh the cover yes, artist and it's the, like I'm looking at the cover of this book and it's like worse than the narrative you suggests. didn't get the notes there Kibby did you <laughs> I mean it's, I've heard other people comment that Kibby kind of drew something that captured a feeling of the book but was not any particular scene yeah so <laughs> but yes yeah, so I think it is an improvement although I feel the cover's a little bit telling and also although we, I've mentioned two sort of main female characters and there are some background characters I'm pretty sure this still doesn't pass Bechdel Wallace test, which again, um, is a low no, bar. They don't. In, they don't. They do it. They they are in. The, they are in the same area and interact. They, they well, they I don't, don't really think interact. They, they, they're both names. There's. I don't believe they talk to each other. Um, no, but they. But she. The group Beth has captured. Beth has captured part of the group. So, there's no indication that her and her are specifically. No, no, to but each other. so so at least at least they're in the same vicinity as each other. <laughs> Well, the whole point of the Bechdel Wallace test is that it's a low bar. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm and just also, it was published. I checked this the year, or that the comic that was in came out the year before this book was published. Although I appreciate it wasn't particularly well known. It's something that came to notoriety more yeah. in the was it the the tens or yeah, it's like oh, it's obviously been a bit more of an internet famous yeah. thing more recently. But yeah, I feel like that's faded a bit. I, I think it's realised to be a very low bar, and that but we, at one point we really seem to be... we really need to do better than just the lowest bar we can. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes. That Mo- was, moving on. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I think an improvement in in general, but yes. Yes. And obviously later on we get a lot more. Well, we and get I, female centred books. Yeah. And I think the thing is, obviously, we, a large chunk of the book is taken up by uh, the wizards, who are is yes. a predominant is a is a hundred is a male dominated. And I say dominated, it's purely men. I mean, well, the next book's going to go into that a bit, isn't it? Yeah. But yes, this is where we get the Unseen Universities introduced and the sort of mad academic world of the wizards, except it's less academic now and more, like, fighty. Yes. I mean, schemy. I, I think, I mean, later on, they're a bit more... I don't understand how the Unseen University operates as it does in this book, basically, because the idea of, of you know, you, you gain... Um, Promoted uh, by Dead Man's Shoes, and uh, I mean, it's a fun idea, but you would never get anything done. Have you, like, it's the Unseen University? Have you not noticed that? Okay, fair enough. But, it's yeah. based on academia, yes, like, but to the point where apparently, I mean, I'm very much adjacent to that, so I don't know a lot, but apparently, a lot of people have said of of the wizard stuff. It's like, how did he know? Although I think that's more later. Okay, you don't, they, but I'm pretty certain they don't literally kill people in, in modern academia. I mean, they're not supposed to, certainly. So I think he's taking kind of like cut and thrust, kind of like a more corporate environment. Mm. Although I think various bits of academia do have that as well and making it quite literal. Also, I suppose you've got to remember with the background of it, there's the whole like magic wars that happened. And it's clear that the wizards have been put in one place to be contained. But like Trimon, who's the main kind of like murdery, scheming, scheming wizard guy in this, there's a lot of like corporate stuff about him, so he's sending around memos and he's yes. got like projections and all the like he, old wizards are like what's happening? What, I, what's yeah, this I think, guy doing? I, I think it's it's just it's, it's described in there as not that actually the best wizard, but you know he's 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 
he's more interested in in, in corporate in structures and you know, organizations and things like that so he when he's actually having a meeting of the wizards he actually produces an agenda which confuses them greatly mm. um but i mean again this is this is a first sight of and later on they the, the, the um well, well, things change change yeah. with 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 the with um or later books yeah, yeah. ridically the, the arts chancellor that comes in later sort of stabilizes it but again you in in this you've got like the idea of numbers of orders of magic within the, the which kind of disappears somewhat I, th- I think it's a little bit like in the previous book where they had this thing where Ankh-Morpork was there but it was changing and were the events of this book a change I think yeah. with the Unseen University it's introduced but obviously the events of this book like with the kind of monstrous stuff at the end does change stuff because a lot of people get yeah. turned to stone don't they yes and then I think over the course of a few books because I can't really remember what happens much in the next book, but certainly sorcery I remember better. So there's various things that change the wizard stuff yeah. and then I think he stabilises it more and makes it more a lot of old comfortable duffers yes. who are like interested in their area of expertise but not very practical, but less like murdery. Yes, definitely less murdery. But you know, it's always the wizards are always fun, and certainly I, I like some of the stuff they do with them later. Though. I think I think I kind of come and go on that a little bit, but yeah, no, it's um, I think I think this is just again, it's like an early version of it, but it's it, it'll be in the process of being changed as he as he does yeah. the earlier books, and also the most important of the Unseen University introduces the librarian. Yes, this is where we we find how the librarian became well, not the librarian, but an orangutan. Yeah. Um. So. Ook. Um, ook. Yes. And you know which. Kind of make again the logic behind having a, an orangutan as a librarian what works quite well. So you know, it's, it's of a magical library, yeah. As well, lots of high shelves, the books chained up and in cells, and yeah, doing creepy things because that's it. It's a bit more creepy in this, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like with the with the plot, the antagonist kept kind of shifting. Hmm. So at first, you've kind of got um, Arts Chancellor Weatherwax, who's kind of like the established top guy and so he's after Rincewind and the wizards are generally after Rincewind and there's yeah. kind of an element of them trying to work together to get Rincewind but they don't naturally work together and no they're terrible at working together but they've got a bigger goal because of the spell on Rincewind's head but then he is got rid of and then you've got Trimon so he seems like he'd be the bad guy and he kind of is but it's like the wizards are introduced and they aren't in quite a big section in the middle of the book and then they kind of get circled back to yeah. at which point Trimon's kind of been taken over by like the spell and a theme of quite a few of the early Discworld books, the shapeless, creepy beings. Monsters of... from the dungeon dimensions. Yes. Yes. So, because later on that's less of a thing, but it's obviously a, a big theme in quite a few Discworld books. And then it gets a bit kind of, not quite cosmic horror, but certainly a bit more kind of like, well, not quite grim, but it's, it's a bit more like, oh, this guy was like an unpleasant officious guy who was willing to murder to get to the top in a profession where that is normal yeah, yeah. but he was doing it in a weird corporate way that none of the old regularly bloodthirsty <laughs> members really understood but then he gets it like infested with all these monsters and it becomes like more of a a, a battle at the end there yeah that, that becomes more you know rincewind versus a you know cosmic horror than, yeah than... but then you've also got yes yeah, so you've got Trimon transformed you've got dungeon dimensions you also have like Obviously, Death was kind of the antagonist in the previous book, and now he's a lot more normal, which we'll probably we'll talk about back in a moment. To, but, yeah. but then you also have the unnamed fascist mobs, yes. which 
Now, in my head, I think I conflated that more with Trimon. Like, I think I thought there was, like, a leader of them, and he seemed to be the one it would be, but it's no, not that it's at no, all. very much. Yeah, I think it's, well, I know yeah, that now. Yeah, like, I think it's, it. it's, it's, it's just, it's the idea that, you know, thing, these things kind of crop up when you've, you've got this, yeah, this so, unknown... So the, the star appears, the red star, and at first it's small, but gets bigger and bigger because great tunes swimming towards it and so they think oh it's going to crash into the disc it's going to destroy the disc and there's like on the wizard side of things there's prophecies and if the great spells are said will it save everyone but maybe they don't want to be said so it's not quite clear what the outcome is supposed to be and then basically to be fair the great spells don't really know either Mm. but then you've got this this thing where where they've been in like the wilds for quite a, a bit and then they go into a town and suddenly everything's all creepy and quiet I think I half remembered this. Although, I think when I read it as a as a teenager, I was like, oh, this is about fascism. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. Because you've got all these people who are like, you know, the star's getting bigger. Everyone's very worried. There's, you know, world-changing catastrophe, <laughs> visibly, <laughs> palpably coming. And people are like, oh, it's magic that's the problem. We'll, we'll kill the wizards and we'll burn the books. And this is which is the obvious fashion and oh we're gonna smash up stores so like the dwarven character he's sort of been targeted a bit but not completely but they're kind of coming for him they said they some said they murdered some wizards yeah. they've got stars painted on their their heads and yeah it just seems to be group think and like there's no one i thought there was a leader but they just seem no to be i think the idea is that they, they cropped it. up or they crop up all over the all over the disc kind of yeah. spontaneously this idea that you know yeah, it changes it from like, oh, we're having an adventure and there's wizards yeah. and Mashev to, oh, no, because then they end up hopping through different cities and it seems to be the same everywhere. People have red stars yeah. in their faces. That's the thing. And, it's, it's, yeah, yeah they, wherever they go, it's kind of, you know, there, there isn't a, a, a sort of, yeah, there's no there's no sort of group meeting, you know, it's, it's, it's not spreading, it's, all, it's, it's just kind of appearing. Well, I, th- I think it is spreading, but it's like in an insidious way and they've decided these people these books these artifacts these yeah. objects are the problem and we will band together and destroy them yes which is obviously chilling and horrifying and far yeah. too familiar but then there's a bit where rincewin's talking to death and rincewin says oh i thought you would have been all for it and death's like not like this the death of the warrior or the old man or the little child this i understand i take away the pain and end the suffering i do not understand this death of the mind yeah so i think Pratch is making very clear fascism is bad and i think when i was a teenager i was like well yes of course it's bad seems a bit heavy-handed and now it's a bit like oh must we keep saying yeah. it must we keep saying it we must we, we must just, keep does, saying it does it. seem like we should yeah uh, scream it from the rooftops yeah um, just, if, if things are scary maybe band together and help each other and try and work through things and not just go these people they're the problem let's destroy them nine times out of ten they're not the problem no Anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think to be honest, they they for a comedy book, they they, they are quite a heavy aspect of yeah. Well, this thing it felt like it shifted. It's got different bits, and the the sort of fascisty bit is like, oh no. I'm bearing in mind that they're they're, 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 they're they're kind of traveling. They're, they're bouncing around in through these cities, seeing all the fascist in a traveling shop, kind of you know. Yeah, so it's, that's it's, interesting. You know, it's a, it's a um, strange. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that that bit sort of shifts tonally. It feels like it shifts tonally again when they get back to Ankmore Pork and there's kind of the the, the battle with the kind of grubbly yeah. creatures. So there's there's a few sort of shifts to it. Did we want to talk about? 
death the character a little well, bit. I, I think we we need to because yeah. obviously we complained about his his, his his his. Yeah, I think I think you said before you thought it was more when you got better, but actually this obviously this is this very is very much. Yeah. yeah, I mean obviously there's still more to come. But, oh yeah, you know I think definitely this is much more. He's not stalking Rincewind to to claim his soul. You know, not claim his, you know, to, but to kill him and then getting and then killing random things. You run into him in his house. Well, his domain. When they run into him, like they've gone to go and yes. reclaim Two Flower, who's having, um, I guess, Out a near death experience, yeah. or a gone to death's house and teaching him how to play bridge experience. Yes. In that bit I just read out, you know, I think that's almost Pratchett signalling he's different now because oh I thought you'd be for this because the, the yeah. guy before seemed like he would be like oh they're yes. killing loads of people yay but then he's like no I take away the pain but not this you know, the death of the mind thing we yeah we do see before then. And we get the first intro of this thing that looks quite normal, but everything's black because that's on theme. Yes. And he also makes sort of jokes a bit so yes. with the wizards as well. Yeah, it, it, it definitely much count this game that he wants to play with. With obviously, I say his friends. Um, you know, um... going with that. But you have stuff like oh, when he's talking to the wizards and they they've summoned him. Yes, they're asking him something and then contentious and they're trying to do the whole right and saying all the words and he's mm. like, Yes, yes, can we get on? Yeah. Which kind of takes the wind out of Art's chance to wear for waxes sales a bit. But yeah, he says, Oh, you know, the party's going well, but it won't be at midnight and they're like, Oh, why not? He's like, Well that's when I expect me to take off my mask. Yeah. Um so it's kind of funny and again Oh, what was the other bit? Oh, the thing with the wizard that locks him, tries to hide her from death. Oh, yes. Um, the old guy, I forget yeah, his name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I mean, he's old even for a wizard. But yeah, he 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 very carefully constructs a chamber and all this magical stuff. Runes and, and magical circles and all sorts of things for protection. And then he, you know, he hides in this box and goes, oh, fine. And then, then he's suddenly thinking, maybe I should have put air holes in this. And suddenly death's there going, dark in here, isn't, isn't it? it? Which just reminded me of how a character died in The Good Place. Oh. Yes. it's like in the safe with a scuba mask it's like oh dear it, you know it's, it's nice it's a, it's, a, it's a fun fun little scene with the four of them and uh, we also run into into is it Isabel? I think it's supposed to be Isabel but it's with a Y why? so I'm not super sure yeah um, she, she's a bit she's a bit more creepy actually uh, yeah she's she is I, I can I kind of understand I mean she's a, a character we'll, we'll come across later as well Death's adopted daughter. And I could kind of understand being living there. Well, she's kind of, again, it's mentioned like she's sort of frozen in time, isn't she? Yeah. There's no other children or young people around. No. It's just her and her father, who's, you know, the Grim Reaper. Although... In an entirely black place. The intersection between Isabel and Albert. Well, Albert's not mentioned. In this no, movie. that's the thing. So I don't know whether... Because Albert's kind of like a servant. I mean, yeah, Albert's there, but yeah, it, well, that's more for a later book. But yes, yeah, but she, I think I think it's just that Rincewind, having been chased by death before, and then is in his domain rescuing his friend, finds he doesn't seem quite so bad. And it's all oddly normal if skull laden. Yes, and then Isabel turns up and he actually finds her a bit creepy. But again, I can't imagine she's been well socialized. No, just she's just basically wants them to stay. Basically, wants someone to play with. Um, yeah. Well, she says she only gets to meet dead people normally. Yeah, so, so you know. So yes, but yeah, she'll come here, but. But yes, I, th- I think it's... Uh... Um, again, I guess I suppose that's another female character who is introduced and yeah. will be continuing through at least But yes, I, th- I think uh, his, last, his last comment was, right, he said, pestilence open another pack of cards. I'm going to get to the bottom of this if it kills me. Figuratively speaking, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, nothing. So yeah, you've got 
I guess we were saying for more of these jokes kind of littered in. And again, I think Death's kind of a bit aware of being humorous. It's, it's, yes. He's not that jerk from the first book. No, we, we like so this I one think, yeah. Better, yeah. Um, and obviously he only gets more characterization yeah. as you go through. One, one thing I did notice, which I mean was very small no, um, in, in mm-hmm. Colour of Magic and is slightly more in here, footnotes. Yes, that's true, yeah. Uh, a staple of, of Pratchett Discworld books is the footnote um, to explain something because... You know, obviously, fancy world, and he's throwing in references. And, some, and there was one footnote in mm. *Color of Magic*. Oh yeah, but it was, it was longish one. Wasn't yeah, it? Um, there are there are more in, in like *Fantastic*, um, and that kind of first, again makes it feel more like an actual Discworld book um, because footnotes. There was also that thing where the narrative goes off on a slight tangent that then crops up again. That I noticed again, it's more yeah. internal thing. So there's that thing where he says some previous rule of Ankh-Morpork pork wouldn't let you use figurative language. So he keeps well, in the narrative there'll be like a figurative piece of language like and i can't think of any of the well, examples he, well, he, now he, he starts he starts the, the describing the light that travels in the disc as flowing like golden syrup mm. um, across the land yeah um, which would be banned in out more pork under well yeah well, I unless think it was actually golden syrup yeah I, th- I think that's the thing there was there was like a previous patrician who yes you get the impression it's a historical thing who, who wouldn't allow it and so every so often he'll be doing like a simile or a metaphor and then he'll kind of almost stop it and do it literally. So yeah. kind of undercutting the figurative language, which again, sort of that kind of, it happens a fair bit around that bit that's mentioned because that's part of the joke, but it just crops up a couple of times later. So, and again, that does feel more like yeah. you know, the style he's developing. Right. Do, you, do you have any more specific thoughts you want to bring up? Um, points? I'm sure we've most of us. There's a, there's a lot more to this book than the yeah. colour of magic, I think. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Which Which makes it... Much more of an enjoyable read than... Yeah, and I think we've got stuff like the troll thing. So in this, the trolls, well, it's, it's the whole sort of you know, the Scandinavian version of trolls where they, they turn to stone in the daytime. Hobbits. So... Trolls. Hmm? Hobbit trolls. Trolls from the Hobbit. Okay, I feel like Scandinavians probably did it before Tolkien or so. Yes, but I mean, that would have been, that would okay. have been the... That would have been the more... I'd forgotten that. Yeah, the ref- that would have been the link that more people would have been aware of than the... This I don't know. It's, it's in Hilda. Okay, <laughs> that's but, what I remember. Yes, but Hilda is is a more modern interpretation of Scandinavian folklore. Okay, I've got Scandinavian folklore and I've got Hilda, and you've mentioned Tolkien's in between, so I think we've covered <laughs> the things. Because yeah, because later books you've got well like i said before kind of the urban trolls who who go around this is very much the rural ones and there's the whole thing where they um yeah they turn to stone in the daytime and oh doesn't that get dropped though because i think i think they kind of do well because well because there's one they they talk about like old grandpa isn't it and then it turns out people have uh, are camping in his map because they think he's a mountain, yeah. which is also a thing that happens in Hilda. Uh, <laughs> but that's a giant. Um, but yeah, it's the point. There's, there's this giant's troll, yeah. and and but he they look so much like rock formations yeah. that um, people have just camped in his mouth. And they're like, this cave is very weird. What's with this row of rocks at the front? And like, why can we feel a slight breeze? And it's like they've lit a fire in his mouth. Uh, he's not happy. And then as soon as the sun comes up, obviously with the f- slow flowing light. Yeah. That's hard to say. It sort of freezes him before he's about to crush them. But Rincewind actually has to chat with the whole group of trolls. And again, yes. you've got another female character because there's one called Beryl. Yes. This is the thing. If you just have like a couple of main female characters and some seeded fruit, it's much better than just a book where as far as you can tell, there's like three female characters and... And not that. And not a and not a full item of clothing between them. I don't know. Sorry, the ones have got a cloak. I probably... 
Yes, she, she she has a cloak, but again, she's introduced in this weird way where the gender isn't mentioned. You're like, well, it's going to be a woman because every other background character has been a man so far, at least as far as one can tell. So yeah, that, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't work unless you unless you you're, unless you're not sure. But yeah, so that yeah, that's another thing. So you got yeah the the troll thing, but it, I do feel like there's quite a big difference between the the rural trolls who are basically kind of like mountains and rock formations that come alive at night. Yeah, the old ones they say just turn into mountains. They sort of slow they right slow down. down. They start pondering things and they're, yeah they're, they're... well there's also the whole thing with the um seeing time backwards because that's the one that i did sort of remember about mm. the troll law from reading it you know back when i was a teenager it's that the trolls feel like they're traveling backwards through time because you can see what went you can see the past but you can't see the future so therefore you must be looking backwards so they think yeah. time goes the other way which isn't it's mentioned like a bit it's kind of like flavour to it but that's why they then have the prophecy of Rincewind like they know they have to help Rincewind yeah. and it's been passed along because I think the idea is that trolls which I think is just kind of um, like like an interesting thought experiment he's put in the book and then yeah. it's useful for this prophecy because yeah. they, they're remembering the future yeah yeah, it's it's an interesting piece, and and again, the fact that they they go still and they get old and big and they s- just slow down with thinking is very different to the whole urban troll thing where they're supposed to be very stupid. So it, it does feel like they're almost two different types of thing, but from the same background. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, obviously the practicalities in later books are, are different. Yeah. Okay. So final thoughts. I mean, obviously we would we would suggest people read. I think you definitely have to, if you've read Colour of Magic, you definitely have to read this because yeah, it's, it's a much, much better experience. <laughs> As I said uh, at the start, unfortunately, you can't just give someone this to read because I think this would be a, without without having to fill in a bit of the characterization. I, I think if they've read other Discworld books and have an idea of the energy of it, you might be able to. But, but it's it's not a starting point if you've not, not entered into the series that's at all. That's true. No. I think there's not enough. Yeah, you can start Colour of Magic. It's tricky to start Light Fantastic. Although I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the rinse with the two flower bit. You've, you don't have the character, you don't have the character build up. Well, you don't, as, you don't have the explanation of how they met or why they're in that situation. But their characters are both there. Like Rincewind is still, you know, yeah. running away from stuff. But I, I just feel that you, you kind of, it's. I, I don't know. I anyway, when I was I younger, would, I used to read the third books of things without realizing. So I, I mean, I, I generally wouldn't suggest starting with any of the first. Four? That's Mord. Mord's four. four. So you okay. probably wouldn't remember the four. Okay, no. yeah. Where's Sorcerer? Anyway. Well, Sorcerer is five. Sorcerer is five, okay. I thought it was... No. Equal, equal rights, Mord, Sorcerer, isn't it? Okay. I thought. Yes, yes, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought Sorcerer and Mord were the other way around. Okay, not a problem. <laughs> I did not read them in order when I read them. Neither did I, but it says it in the front of the book. I didn't look at the front of the book. Hang on. That's where the list is. Okay. Anyway, it's been a while. <laughs> it's fair enough. Not an entry point, but a big improvement. Yes, I, th- I think you, I think you'd want to read this before you read sorcery. Yes, probably. I can't remember if that was the order I did it, but yeah. Because otherwise, rinse wind and the wizards. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously come to this when we do sorcery, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah. yeah, but I think a lot of the rest of it. Yeah, it's definitely building on with seeing more of the disc world stuff that we know like the tone the the world to an extent i suppose we didn't really mention the end well no don't spoil too much okay <laughs> i thought we were just okay go this was spoilery yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Well, just that that everyone's thinking, oh no, it's doom, it's doom, and then yeah. it's, there's like it's the most turtly book because yes. there are lots of little tiny baby turtles. Baby well, I say turtles. tiny, enormous, um, like moon size. Yes. I mean, like army, not the disc moon, which is tiny, but and, yes, and very little elephants as well. Tiny little elephants, elephants, and, elephants. And, and little discs yes. on their backs. So yeah, so that's. I think it's the most turtly one. Yes, the, the turtle becomes less of a thing yeah. later on. Um, I was just thinking about about reading style. I think you need to read these ones for the wizards ones, but there's stuff that's introduced in here is not doesn't overlap too much until late. You, you've you've not got stuff that to do start guards, one of the other area, yeah. or um, more Mort. really. Well, Isabel's introduced, but I feel like she's more introduced in Mort. So you yeah. don't. Need, I think I read Mort before I read this. Yeah, didn't cause a problem. Yeah, I think I think it's more like the tone building up. And yeah, you're right, it's, it's wizardy is the background, more other stuff. Yeah, you probably don't need it so much. And in no. fact, the troll stuff's probably a bit confusing with the urban trolls yeah. later on. But yeah. still a good book. Yeah. Um, and and we will we look forward to continue reading more and reminding ourselves of all the little things that we completely forgot mm-hmm. because it's been a while. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Good night. Thank you for listening to Dining Table Discworld. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Dining Table Discworld. You can also find us on Blue Sky at DT Discworld. All our other contact information and credits for our music can be found in our show notes. Thank you for listening again and we'll see you in our next episode.